go. City Jazz Sessions is about great music, arts, and entertainment. We are located in St. Louis, Missouri, and available to performance art lovers worldwide. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. You can email us at cityjazzsessions at gmail.com. Music, best-selling book, and a lot of films that we're going to talk about. Introducing Lacey G. Soldier Turner. How you doing, brother? How you doing? How you doing? I got to give my slogan. I am your favorite rapper's favorite rapper, the best film writer and director in St. Louis Facts, award-winning published author, actor, journalist, actor, business owner, nominated Hollywood music artist, Lacey G. Soldier Turner. That's a mouthful, brother. <laughs> well anyway let's 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 get to it let's let's get started with your background you from st louis yep born and raised in st louis um raised by my mom you know i had my uh father he been he been in jail since i was nine years old oh then, man uh, had a stepfather but then uh i think my mom raised me and my brothers since i was probably i'm gonna say maybe 12 on up okay okay no problem so famous st louis question what high school did you attend only the best some of the high school <laughs> bulldogs you know we the number one african-american high school hey, uh, all right i give you props for that <laughs> lays out to some many celebrities though yeah yeah no problem okay so what you want to start off with the uh you want to start with the book or what about the film? Even, it don't even matter whichever way you want to tackle let's let's talk about the films first uh what kind of genre and uh a little bit of information on what kind of film you like to produce okay so so me i i consider myself versatile i don't like to be put in the box so mm -hmm. i have written and directed every type of film i got drama films comedy films uh horror films uh suspense films i did them all documentaries um so right now though i am working on a i'm on a, working on a couple projects so i'm working on my next comedy film it's called uncensored the stage part two um that's like a series of comedy sketches put together that give you that and live in color type of feel so i did part one back in 2000 and i think 19 i want to say 18 and 19 right before covid hit so a lot of people that came out to the theaters and they really loved it. So I'm doing part two of that. I'm doing a documentary for Theta. Uh, if y'all know Theta, she is the mother of Christian Ferguson. Um, so the father, you know, just got convicted of murder after 20 some years of the son missing. So I'm doing that documentary for her. Um, so Theta person, uh, what else I'm working on? And I'm working on my. Oh yeah, yeah, it's gonna be powerful. So I'm working on my big comedy film called food stamps and wick vouchers also and man i'm just just working on a lot of different things I'm about to do a bully documentary also with uh tiny be mighty that's a, a non-profit organization so we're mm -hmm. going to be traveling to six cities and um interviewing mothers whose child's uh committed suicide from being bullied so uh, just working on a lot of different projects okay okay good work good work now tell us a little bit about the music that you do okay oh man my music i love it so the music i try to do i try to do music that you know that everyone can relate to like being myself and my music because you know we have a lot of this just everybody trying to be like the next person rapping about stuff they don't do killing people all this type of stuff 
Right. I always try to, you know, talk about real issues in my song, mental illness, bullying, relationship drama, um, stuff that everybody goes through every day, you know, and put it in a creative way. So I really like to tug on the hearts of people and create dialogue with my music. So anything you hear from me is always real. It's always a representative of me, and everyone always loves it. Oh, that's that sounds real. So now you mentioned uh, drama. Do you think uh, relationships we get into uh, cause most of the drama in our lives? Oh yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? But I, I feel this part of life. <laughs> like I, I got a new single uh, I'm working on. Well, I already finished it. It's not uh, put out yet. My manager and publicist we uh, working on how to shop this right now and push it out. But I have a song I wrote. It's called Broken Record. And it's about a toxic, being in a toxic relationship. You know, it's like we keep repeating these same things like a broken record. So uh, with that song, I took my life experiences along with just every other life experience we see in toxic relationships and combine it together. And it's really a song where if, if you really take time and listen, you know, to the words, mm -hmm. I feel you could try to come to some understanding. Because, you know, they say men will never understand women. Women will never understand men. So I feel like it take every relationship takes communication. You know what I'm saying? You have to learn and know how to communicate. So even with the song I did, Broken Record, I did that to, you know, if anybody, you know, I guess wants to talk to your woman or your man or something, if you're going through some stuff, let them hear this song and be like, hey, this is how I feel. You know what I'm saying? So can we get through this? Are you listening to me or are you just going in one ear and out the other? But everyone will relate to Broken Record. Everybody I let her, they love it because it's something that everybody can relate to. So. I can relate to the title and what you said about repeating the same mistakes mm -hmm. or situations because I, I, I'm dealing with that myself with, with some people that I'm mentoring or counseling, mm -hmm. basically, and it's, it's rough, man. Yeah, definitely. It's rough. So tell us, uh, are you are you single? You married, or what? What's your status? All right, I got I got someone. I, I ain't married yet. <laughs> I ain't single. I got someone. I got someone. Okay. <laughs> I'm in a relationship. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, I'm in a relationship. But um, uh, just, just like broken record, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, we go through these things, and. I, I feel broken record. It is like a song for counseling. You know what I'm saying? We need, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's why I love broken record. Though. So everybody can relate to it. Whether you're married, whether you're in a relationship, whatever. Even if you're single and been through drama, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you yeah. go with broken record when it comes out. I feel you. I feel you. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and one thing I learned too, or like, even I think for anybody who is in a relationship, like, in order to make anything work, you have to love yourself first. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to, you have to fix yourself and build yourself. You know, you can't fix nobody else or build nobody else, or something's not gonna work until you work on yourself first. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's a very important thing in relationships. You know what I'm saying? Instead of pointing the finger, blame, and all this type of stuff, you have to fix on yourself. You have to want to be better yourself. You have to find your own mental peace. Love yourself before you call yourself loving anyone else. Absolutely. Did you have any questions there? Yeah, I wanted. So I've got this. Uh, I, I went out um, to your, your website and stuff, and um, we'll make sure that we put your website information in the uh, um, show notes and that kind of stuff. But I went out there and I saw this. Uh, uh, you you had you know several uh, trailers. For stuff mm -hmm. that you've done, and, and I want you to t tell me about this little trailer here. So okay. I, I I didn't get a chance to set it up before um, properly, so I may have to restart it. But uh, after it plays, then you can tell me about it. Okay.
That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So tell me about that. Tell me, did you, did you, you write everything? Did you, you wrote it, directed it? Um, okay. Yeah, so that, so that's my film, Betrayal. Uh, that's yeah, that's one of my films that I wrote and uh, directed, cast. Um, uh, with that story, you know, I can't give it away though. So it's I, anybody who knows me always know that I have a twist in my film. But I will give you the synopsis of the film. So um, it's about a person comes home, uh, feel that his wife is cheating. You know, he he got pictures. He's been following them around, taking pictures and everything. But um, all hell breaks loose. But it's a very great twist at the end. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm not gonna spoil it for everybody who wants to see it because I am gonna probably premiere this film again. I premiered it in the theaters I think two years ago. So. I'm still shopping in around, still in film festivals. It's going on the film festival circuit. But anybody who do want to watch it, let me know. I'll probably do a private screening online. So did you huh? did you um, do the editing for the for the trailer and everything? Yep, yep, everything. So one yep. man show on that I'm one, a, huh? I'm a one man show. <laughs> 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 yeah, only thing I did I did film it though. You know, I had somebody else film it. Oh, okay, somebody else filmed it. Yeah, I got a team of people and everything too, so they helped me out. So, what was the what was the inspiration for actually doing that that piece? Uh, with me, like anybody know, like I said, even with my music, the same way in films, I like to create powerful stories that create dialogue, and everybody knows that you know, people who have been in relationships be obsessed, overprotective, you know, all this type of stuff making stuff seem what it's not and all this type of thing. So with this story, I always like to be creative and create something powerful. So with this, it was just another story that I wanted to create powerful. Like I said, we always have these films where you just shooting people hood films, get you know what I'm saying? Just all about selling drugs, all this type of stuff. So anything yeah. I do, I try to have a message in it. So any film that I do do, you will see a message. So this film definitely has a message in it betrayal and it has a great twist in the end so um did you did you go to film school or uh you know what how did you start uh writing okay so it's a great story great 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 question so um so at first i was this was back in i think 2011 i was uh mentoring and serving with americorps so i was um being a tutor and a mentor in the schools. And after that, I didn't know what I wanted to do in life because I hadn't been to college in 10 years. Once I graduated college, I was like, I mean, once I graduated high school, I went to college for a couple semesters, messed up, I ain't care. So after AmeriCorps, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then one day I woke up, I was like, I want to write and direct movies. Cause I always looked at movies different from, you know, people watch them for entertainment. But I was like, okay, I always like, oh, I love how this shit, I love this character, I love this angle. So I was like, I know what I want to do in life now. It was like a epiphany to hit me. So I Googled, I was like, who got the best film program? And it was Webster University. So I was like, yes. So I went straight to Webster University. I was like, I want to get enrolled in the school. Let's get it. They looked at my GPA and they was like, uh, sir, you have a 1.4. <laughs> so when they... So they told me they was like, go to a, a community college for a couple semesters and then right. come back. Cause you know, I met, like I said, I messed up 10 years earlier, but now I really knew what I wanted to do in life. So I was like, all right. So I left straight there and went to Forest Park and this show you how God work right here. I went straight to Forest Park and they had a program that if you hadn't been in school in 10 years, they would drop a lot of your bad grades off your transcript, you know? And I was right at the 10 year mark. So they uh, took a lot of my bad grades off, and I went there at Merrimack for like three straight semesters, got straight A's. So um, with them dropping off a lot of grades in my straight A's, I had a 3.5, so I went back to Webster. And uh, they was, they welcomed me in, and I graduated from Webster with a 3.9. Uh, I was the only African-American in the film program at that time, you know, so. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so I learned a lot. I learned a lot from Webster and met a lot of, you know, different um, ethnicities and everything. So I became friends with them. And I just learned so much value, valuable information about filmmaking because 
I've always felt I've been a great storyteller in my music, so I was able to transfer that over into the film world. And as soon as I got out of film school, I just full steam ahead. God just kept opening doors for me. So. All right, all right. Did you do the the music uh, in that trailer? When well, I didn't do the music, but I was actually uh, I actually found the music, you know, from the producers and all this type of stuff. So I mm-hmm. guess I was the music supervisor on there also. Yes, so I know what I I, I, mean, I know what I want in the films. I'd be like, okay, I think this would sound good. I need this type of beat. So, yes, I was the music supervisor. So, what is the average length of uh, the films that you do? So, a lot of the films you see are short films, so they could go anywhere from probably ten to twenty minutes. So, mm-hmm. right now, I'm really working on my feature films, right? the ones I was telling you about right now, my two-hour films and all that type of stuff. So the short, all the films you probably see on my page, those are short films. And what we use those for is to put them in film festivals and um, people from the industry might see and want to pick them up, you know, shop them and purchase them or anything like that. So it's like uh, your resume in the world, basically. Okay. So do you have a set crew of uh, actors that you work with or just whoever you run into i've made a difference so I, I i do have some actors who i've been working with since the beginning you know who i hit up every now and then but i'm one of the directors i love taking chances on people and working with different people i might see something in someone or someone might come to me and be like hey i want to act and they don't know where to start so um if i see that you fit you like you have to be a perfect fit for my family if i see it I'm gonna reach out to you, you know. So that's why I do it. So it's always different. I still got my main core people who, if I feel like I got something big or important, they'll be like, "Hey, I need you," because I know they're gonna show up and show out. But I also love to just take chances on different people. So. Oh, cool, cool. I want to act. No, just kidding. Let's let's get it though. Uh, you never know. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so one. One of the things that has always interested me is um, uh, working with talent. The, talent can be on and off. Um, you know, some sometimes they um, have. Uh, I don't want to say. I, I don't want to show it in a negative light. Sometimes um, they bring drama, not intentionally, but you know, it's just a part of um, their creative process. How, how do you as a director work with that? How do you, how do you get the best out of your, your, the people that you're using? Um, because I'm sure there, there's talent that you've looked at and you thought, oh, that's gonna be a real headache, but I really want that person in this, in this piece. So how, how do you work with that? So one thing about me is anybody I cast, I sit down and talk with them first and get to know them. You know, they don't know I'm reading them but I'm reading them, you know what I'm saying? So I like to get the get personal with the people who I choose, you know? Uh, for instance, I was doing my, uh, one horror film. It's called Flocka. And um, I sat down with this female and she was like, oh yes, I really want to do this, you know? Uh, she's like, I've been wanting to act all my life. She's like, I could do this. And she was telling me that she works a full-time job. She go to school full-time, she got kids. And I'm and in my mind I'm like, okay, we finna be shooting this film from like ten at night to like five or six in the morning for a different days. So I knew that she was no matter what, I knew that she wouldn't have been able to handle that. Cause you know, once they hop on, then it's oh, I gotta do this. Oh, I'm sorry, I gotta babysit. Oh, I got homework, you know. So I know how to read people. I've been very fortunate for the majority of the people that I've chose. Uh, to be great, you know, like I sit down with people, see if they got egos, because nobody's better than nobody, you know what I'm saying? We're all the same people. So I see if this person's gonna be a problem. Um, I remember I was, um, I, I had a, my crew at the time, I called them Team Bars. And so to keep their morale up, me and my uh, business partner at the time, we decided to let break them off in two groups and let them do their own film, their own short film. So I was giving them advice. So we did a casting call and they picked, they chose this one actress. And I told them, I was like, this person gonna be a problem. You know, I was telling them the same thing. I was telling them, yeah, you gotta sit down, listen. 
and I can tell the person that they picked is gonna be a problem. And I let them know that I was like, I, I can read, I can tell by this, and they still chose her, and she turned out to be a problem. You know what I'm saying? And just headaches and everything. So with me, yes, I've been very fortunate, and I have a blacklist also. So if you mess up with me one time, you're on this blacklist. <laughs> you know, I done had people. Uh, this last instance, I had a person who was like. Um, I, I I hit him up. I was like, "Hey, are you sure you can do this? If you can't, let me know. I can get somebody else." They were like, "Yeah, I promise you, I'm gonna be there." Then the next day, they was like, "Oh man, I can't even come." So they was like, "Next time, I promise." So in my mind, like, it's not gonna be no next time, you know what I'm saying? So, but for the most part, yeah, I've been fortunate to not. That I probably only had about out of my years of filming. I've been filming since 2000, and I want to say. 13 and i probably had probably maybe three or four people you know uh mess up or something oh. out of hundreds <laughs> so now what about on the music um have you studied music actually do you play any instruments uh, no 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 I was, nope 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 but uh just growing up i love music all of my life like my mom my stepdad they used to listen to motown all the time Mm -hmm. sing all the time so i think that's where i got my roots from especially with music with substance you know i think i've learned that coming up listening to all that type of music to always put substance in my music so um and then growing up my own self uh loving bone thugs and harmony and um dmx tupac eminem those are my top you know favorite artists uh i really like artists who wear their heart on their sleeve you know who expose their life talk about god yeah. And, you know, we're just human beings, you know, they don't act perfect. They don't act bad. They're just human beings. And that's why I try to, you know, put in my music also. So I studied the great artists. I say that. So how do you actually create the music? I mean, are you playing instruments or, or, or what? Okay. So with me, so I get beats from different producers. So it's, it's, it's always different. Like if I hear something I like or, for instance, it's this song called Teardrops that I did. So I was at work one day, but this was like back in the day. It sounds crazy for me to say that because I've been my own boss for years, right? <laughs> but back then, I think this was like 2002. So I was at work and I was sitting at the desk. I think I was working at the make company. So I just wrote this verse to this song called Teardrops. And I was like, man, this this verse is so powerful and it was about a woman being trapped in a domestic abuse relationship so i was like this verse is so powerful i said i will never finish this song until i find the right beat so 10 years later i didn't ever finish this 10 years later i heard this beat from this producer and i was like oh man i gotta have that and i wrote the next two verses and recorded the song so i take my music very serious so it's always different you know a different procedures Sometimes I hear the beat first. Sometimes I write the song first. I hit up different producers. I go through their instrumentals, go through their beats. So that's how I make my music. It's just, it's always different. It's never the same formula. Okay. So you get, um, you got a verse or some lyrics or whatever that you got in your mind. Then you hear some beats and how do you complete it? I mean, do you add other instrumentation? How, how do you put the whole thing together? Uh, nah, so even what I write, so let's say I'm writing a song about, man, I'll tell you, I take my music super serious. Let's say I write a song about depression or something, losing uh, somebody. Like, I would lock myself in my room and make myself depressed. Like, I really want the authenticity to come out. So, and, and, and you can hear it in the lyrics, I'll tell you, a lot of people, when they hear my music, they be like, man, it's real. You could, I felt that, uh, something like that. So then I take it to the studio. Um, shout out to my boy Preston. I've been working with him since 2008. So he's like one of the greatest engineers in the universe. So he'll either add, once we record, he'll add other instrumentals to it or something if he feel like something needs to be done. Like he's a great editor of the music or whatever. So, okay. so that's what I do. So yeah, I just take it in the studio and he adds different instruments if he feels they need to be there. Oh, awesome. Though like that so um 
Do you own your own equipment? You know, like your own audio equipment, your own cameras, and that kind of stuff. And it's crazy you say that. Like first, I was just a writer and a director, but everybody lately been wanting. They were like, "Man, you need to film too. We love your work. We love how you put stuff together." So I just bought all my own equipment, probably like the past month. Or so I just spent about probably seven grand on cameras and audio zoom recorders and shotgun mics and just prop hides, light kits, everything. So yeah, I just started filming on my comedy film. I told you I just shot my first first uh skit scene the other day. So yeah, so I, I finally got my own equipment back. All right. Okay. So one so, of the um you have to I have to uh, manage everything here so you'll see me wander off and do other stuff. Um so uh uh I know you were you were talking about that you were shopping some of your projects around. Um and and one of the things that I I think I've heard, you know, is that you know someone might pick up your your work uh, and they may give it to another director is that you know are you okay with that is it a package deal yeah I'm gonna say anybody who get my film they're like my babies I'm gonna have to be attached to it as the director <laughs> <laughs> now if you need that I am you know I am an independent contractor. So I have written scripts for other people. I written music for other people, you know, I'm writing songs. But my films that I make for me, those are my like my children. So I definitely have to be attached to any project if anybody wants to buy it or purchase it. Are you so open? that means you have it fully copyrighted. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Anything I do is copyrighted. So listen, right. let me tell these people this. I want y'all to steal my stuff, though, so I can get the money. <laughs> <laughs> so you steal it. <laughs> Use it, everybody. All you big actors. You can go to and get some cash. Yeah, steal it. Please steal it. <laughs> <coughs> matter of fact, matter of fact, no, it's not copyright. <laughs> <laughs> So what would be the ideal, you know, um, scenario for you over the next, like, five years? Oh, man, I, I want to turn. You know, everybody always tell me, they're like, hey, man, you're so great, so talented. You need to leave her. If you would have been left here, you would have been bigger. But I want to turn St. Louis into a Hollywood, you know, just like how Tyler Perry built the big production studio in Atlanta. I want to do that here for the people, get people jobs, um, get people chances who want to act. Like, I think God put me here, you know what I'm saying, to help people out, to be a service to people. And that's one of the main things I do. So I love helping people. So that's my main goal for the next five years is try to turn St. Louis into a Hollywood. Man, that's a big dream. But I, I really respect that, man. And I wish you the best of luck. I love to see it happen. And if anything, we can do to help you. Okay, you can give me ten million dollars. <laughs> we we can steal his work. <laughs> we can we can steal his work and use it. <laughs> Make a bunch of money. Everybody steal my. Excuse me. Okay. Now, okay, so we we still got the the book. That seemed like a really big project. It was it, you know, how many uh, authors were involved in that? All right, so Dr. James Cooley, he put it together. Salute to him. Um, I interviewed on his show, and he was very fascinated by me. He was like, hey, man, look, I'm doing this project I've been working on. And he was like, I think you will be a great, you know, asset to the book. He was like, I want you to be one of the co-authors on here. So he picked 10 uh, Arthur's 10 black men and he wanted us uh, to use our viewpoint as a black man. So with mine, I just talked about just the different emotions I've been through in my life as a black man from happy, sad, angry, you know. So I talked about um, being angry from being like, you know, um, bullied in school. Well, I ain't talked about the bully in school. 
even though I was bullied in school. But I talked about police brutality, you know, being like abused by the police officers. Uh, I talked about me being happy with the success that I've done. I talked about uh, me feeling guilty because I'm winning, but you know, a lot of our people are still in poverty, you know, even though I'm being successful in my stuff. So I just talked about the different emotions that I felt personally as a black man. So each author, you know, just gave their own, you know, highlights about how they feel about themselves and what they went through. And it was a number one release and uh, best, it was number one bestseller. So I was like, thank you, God, to get to add another accolade to the already many great things that he has done for the city. So when I hear the word number one bestseller, the first thing that comes to mind is ka-ching. Yeah, I, look, look. <laughs> I don't get no money from it. <laughs> Dr. James Cooley get all the money, but I'm happy to get the accolade. <laughs> you got your name on it. Not the dollar. I got my name on it, Dr. Glitch. <laughs> He get the he get the he get the moolah off in it. <laughs> I salute to him, man. Uh, but I'm still proud, you know, just to be a part of something monumental. You know, it's not always about the money. If you know, I put something in a book that can help somebody or something that's worth more than a million dollars to me. Yep. Sure. But in order for me to get some money, I need y'all to steal my work. <laughs> Make sure you steal my work. <laughs> it is not copyright. <laughs> well, see, I, I experience copyrights. It's like we playing people's shit, like the music or whatever on the thing, and they, we ain't making no money, but they could ding our channel. Or, uh, yeah, that is, see, well, that's crazy. We losing anyway. That's crazy. We losing anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I found it. Yeah. But yeah, man, I think it's a great book. Make sure y'all go cop that though. It's on all the platforms you get a book. Also, though, I also have my own book that y'all can get. It is uh, titled Abita, A-B-H-I-T-A. That's everywhere, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon. So um, I did a film about bullying with the same name, and I decided to turn it into a children's book also. So uh, they got great reviews, so you can check out the reviews on Amazon. So I do get that money. A-B-H-I-T-A. <laughs> A-B-H-I-T-A. Yep, Abita. A-B-H, okay. Yep, A-B-H-I-T-A. All so right. Yeah that's, yeah, that's on all your platforms everywhere. Make sure y'all check that out. I would definitely get a copy. All right, salute. Yeah. So uh, you, you said something that really perked my interest. Um, a lot of people don't really have a defined outline for what success is for them. They say, all I want to do, all the best movies, I want to, you know, have a, a lot of money and that kind of stuff. And, th and that, that's not really putting a, um, uh, an outline of what success is. But I, fi I find it interesting. You know what success is to you. How did you come up with that? And what is success to you? It's crazy. It's crazy to say that because I, I, I did a, um, I'm working on my documentary right now. So I've been filming it since 2013. <laughs> so I've been getting this footage. So it is called Failure as a Means to Success. So uh, even with that, I always try to tell people this, like anybody you know has failed in life. Like Michael Jordan, Spike Lee's, Tyler Perry's, you know, nobody just started off and was highly successful, you know. And then what success is to you is what it is to you personally. So like right me right now, I feel like I'm very successful. You know, I feel like I can do what I want. I'm I'm getting paid to live in my dream. You know, I'm not rich or anything, but I get paid to write. I'm a journalist for, you know, St. Louis Argus and uh, Narrative Matters. I became cool with celebrities. I just interviewed Victor Newman from the Younger the Restless. You know, like I'm living. I'm 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 doing what I love to do. And I always tell people that don't look at success as just being a millionaire and just all this type of stuff. It's whatever you deem success is. Like me, I feel if I don't do nothing else today, I feel I've been successful. Like last year, I got nominated for the Hollywood Music Award. So I got to walk the red carpet. I got to see my name on the jumbo trine mentioned with like John Legend and all this type of stuff. So I'm like, I'm on an actual red carpet, a real red carpet being mentioned with greats, you know what I'm saying? So 
anything you do in life is what you define your success is. So that's why I just tell people, whatever, don't let nobody tell you what's successful. It could be you. You could be like, hey, I just want to not live in a house and live on the streets and just go where I want to go. And if that's your meaning of success, then that's you. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I always try to tell people, like, then what your success is. Don't let nobody else tell you what's successful. And that's how I live my life. I live my life in total peace every day. I'm doing what I love to do, and I thank God for it. So I feel I'm very successful. Yeah, I can say amen to that. You know, yeah. don't let others uh, define your success. Facts. Right. So, what else we had? We covered the book, your uh, music, your film schools. What are you? What are your uh, primary goals from here? What What's the next big thing? Big thing you want to do? Well, right now I want to. So I'm working on the stage play. Also, I'm doing a lot of types. <laughs> so I'm working on this stage play. I've been writing it. I'm gonna go ahead and really focus. I'll be doing so many different things. I just got to tackle down. So my stage play is called Once a Cheater, Always a Cheater. Um, I think it's going to be very powerful. It's going to have a lot of nuggets in there for men and women. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of conversation, a lot of things that's going to create dialogue. Anybody can tell you about me when I write something, they be like, how do you do that? I always write from both perspectives. You know, I take myself out so it's not biased, you know what I'm saying? So I think people are really going to love this stage play. It's going to be very powerful. So that's one of the main things I'm working on. Um, I told you I'm working on a theater person documentary. Um, right. Right. Uh, well, theater Wilson, I think it is. Now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, theater Wilson, so I'm working on her. Um, her married name is person now. Yeah, so I'm working on that documentary about, you know, Christian Ferguson. So I'm going to be. So my main goal, I, I guess, like I said, is create opportunities for others and just get my stuff out there. And I tell people this too, let me drop some juice. Y'all see I'm dropping knowledge on her today. So one thing about me, I always tell people, do not do stuff for money. God is gonna open the doors to get money. Do it because you're passionate about it. So I, I do this work and I put it in the universe without no expectations. I don't be like, okay, this gonna make me a lot of money. All right, this gonna do this. I just put it in the universe. And then God opened the door. So he like he let he let things happen. So I tell everybody that do whatever you do because you love it and because you are passionate about it. Don't do it with expectation like oh this is gonna blow up or nothing. So that's one of my main things. So I my main goal is just to complete the work that I'm trying to do, put it in the universe, and let God do with what He do with. All right, all right. So you you mentioned and you talked about <clears throat> you know. Um, having to fail before you actually succeed. Um, in, in your business, fail or failure and rejection are a standard part of becoming your own identity in your, in your craft. You know, what are some of the lessons that you learned about how to deal with rejection and how to handle uh, failure? So one thing, I always learn in the industry, you're going to get a million no's before you get a couple yeses. So also, I tell people this, when you fail, it is not the end of the world. You know, it's a lesson. You learn from it and grow. Like my stepfather told me this, and I still use this to this day. I always tell people this also. I was in um, high school, and I made it to state. I was on a wrestling team, and I made it to state. And I was super nervous and scared about failing, about losing. And he told me, he said, if you allow fear and doubt to creep into your mind, then failure is absolute. So never go into anything thinking you're going to fail. Even if you do fail, you know, like I said, you learn from it. When I did my, let me see, I did my first theater. When I sold out my first theater show, I brought out 300 people. The second one. I feel that like a lot of stuff didn't go right. Um, like the, uh, I think me and my partner at the time, we was trying to edit these movies at the last minute, you know, before the night of and all this type of stuff. So, you know, that was a lesson for me, like never do anything until your stuff is complete, you know what I'm saying? Then book the theater, all this type of stuff. But one thing, even when I failed in that moment, cause it was very disastrous, I felt 
pain, defeated, hurt, and one thing I could say, it you know, of course, it was a lot of people. Hey, we want our money back. Blah, 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 tell you about black people, but it was also a lot of people who were like, hey, I see you brothers trying to do something, and it happens. You know what I'm saying? So uh, what we did was an investment in y'all. So me learning from that, just learn that you're going to fail in life, but you learn from it, and it it mentally builds you to grow. So like I said, I failed in, in a couple things, and it just makes me continue to grow. It's life lessons, and just stick at it, and you will be successful. I promise you, it is a guarantee. God will pull you through anything you go through. If and He's doing it not because if he if he did, you wouldn't be here right now. So it is okay to fail. Don't be afraid to fail, but don't go into anything thinking you're gonna fail. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Have that faith, <clears throat> that faith, and believe that hey, I'm gonna accomplish this, and I promise you, you're gonna do, you're gonna be great, you're gonna be all right. So I know that. Um... You know, there are a lot of people that you'd probably like to work with, uh, a lot of projects that you probably could put together and uh, some of the, you know, other people, talent you, you could look forward to uh, having in your work. Um, from a creative standpoint, is there any particular talent that you have a story in your mind that you think that they could tell the best? Mm, yes, so definitely one of them, Denzel Washington. <laughs> this hell, I need you. <laughs> I need you, Denzel. But yeah, Denzel Washington, I, I feel him and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, I feel they're like two of the greatest actors. I would love to work with both of them. And I'm going to work with both of them one day. Manifest it. All right. Manifest it, it will happen. Speak it into existence. That's right. And on the music side, the only one person I want to work with, you know, I feel this rapper is the only one who stands between me and total supremacy. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And that okay. is Eminem. Eminem. Oh, you know, is that right? The greatest, greatest rapper in the universe besides me. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the only rapper that stands between me and total supremacy. So we got to work together. But so yeah, what is, it, what is only... it you like about his style? Man, he just everything. I've learned everything in rapping about him. The way he he's a lyricist, the way he plays with words, bend words, sound rhyming, riding the beat, creative storytelling, just everything. Like he's he really takes time in his raps. You know, like it's like he focuses on every word. He makes words rhyme that don't supposed to rhyme. Bend it, you know what I'm saying? So I just. I've learned everything I know about rhyming from him. People always tell me that, like, oh, man, you, anytime I get on the track, they be like, man, bro, you great, man. You one of them. So I learned everything from him. You know what I'm saying? He's the teacher over there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they were the greatest. So now are you are you working with uh, young talent, uh, you know, giving back that knowledge, or are you still at this point um, working to – perfect your craft and then at some point maybe you'll go back and um you know share what you've learned with others yeah look i tell everybody this don't ever think you know everything you always even if you're in your 80s you're always working and learning something new <laughs> you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so but i definitely always get back anybody who knows me will tell you i always give advice if they call me for advice i'm there i don't never act like like people a lot of people come to me they're like Man, you big doing things and you over here giving little old me advice. I be like, hey, look, man, there is no little old you. We all have the same 24 hours. What you choose to do with yours is what you choose to do with yours. So I'm always giving advice. I always try to get back to the community. Uh, if people need me to do something for them, uh, if I can't do it, and they'll tell you to, if I feel I can't commit to something, I'm not going to commit to it. Because if I commit to something, then I go full force. I'm going to give you my all. Whether that's I'm being in your stage play or from here for your right or anything. So, yeah. So, my main thing is to get back. Like I said, when God gave me all this knowledge or stuff I learned in life, ain't no point in keeping it to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Give it to the world. We all can eat. You know? So, I just love helping people. Love giving advice. So, that's it. All of us can eat. So, um, I know that your business is a competitive one. Uh How do you manage your competitiveness so as not to 
um, I don't know, step on toes, but, uh, but, but elbow your way into positions where you're doing what you want to do. Does that make sense? Is that a good question? Look, I, that's because I am the best film writer and director in St. Louis <laughs> Facts. Nah, <laughs> nah, my friend, nah. But, but I say that, but I do believe that. So right. I think one thing, look, one thing about me people will tell you is <clears throat> I know I'm great at what I do. I'm very damn great, I would say this. But I'm also humble with it. You know what I'm saying? People will tell you, anybody who meet me, they like, Lacey is humble. You know, like I know I do, I do, I know I do great, great, great work, but I think what separates me even in the competitive world is I just do me. I stay in, you know, I'm not trying to be like the next person. I'm not trying to make the films the next person make. I'm all about, I think, my storytelling and it shows through my films. So when I say, like I got in a debate with uh, my boy Kiwi from the St. Louis Ticks and he was like, you should say you're the best. He was like, you know, that might run people the wrong way. And I was like, I feel I'm the best. You know what I'm saying? I was like, when you hire somebody, would you say, hey, I want to hire the best, or I want to hire somebody who just do this? You know what I'm saying? So, so like you said, go for it. I was like, I'm not saying I'm better than the next person. I'm not saying I'm calling this person out. I'm just believing in myself. You know what I'm saying? I manifested that in the universe. I am the best film writer and director in St. Louis, you know. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, and I guess that's how I stay in a competitive, I guess, uh, my I use my competitive spirit by not showing like arrogance or, you know, like, yes, I do this. Like, I just be humble and, and I feel what's for you will be for you. Like it's been plenty of film festivals that I've been in where even my people or anybody, they were like, hey man, they know that I should have won this award for this film or and didn't, you know. Like I have won award, but it's something that I myself even I know, but I don't take it personal. I'll be like, what's for me is for me and God didn't want me to have this. So my point is the the main ingredient of my film was to get my message out, you know, and I just feel great about that, you know. Especially being in an industry like this where we as black people are not though know, meant to succeed anyway. We're not even meant uh, a lot of people look at us and say we're not meant to even be up here and have these type of films and film festivals. So I love just showing people, especially coming from where I came from, from the west side, you know what I'm saying? It, mm-hmm. I, I look just like these kids I heard who they call hoods and heathens and all this type of stuff, that y'all can do the same thing I did. You can do anything that you put your mind to. So that's one of my, that's one of my high school for real. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've got, I've just got a couple of questions more. And so, <clears throat> um, one, uh, I know you talked about having St. Louis be a center for uh, movies and theater. What do you think St. Louis lacks at this time? What would make St. Louis better? You know, what would make us great or reach that uh, where you think we can be? The same thing we were preaching with even from years back with the music, unity, you know, we have to support each other. Like a lot of us do not support each other. I'm fortunate enough that I was able to build me a big following, a big fan base, but we have to start supporting each other. Like Atlanta, they, I, I used to look at them back in the day, they hopping on each other's songs, they all in each other's project. Here we have that crab in the borough mentality, uh, which is sad. Uh, and it seems like a lot of people don't support you here until you do leave and make it big somewhere else, and then they support you. So we really have to start supporting each other. And I think once we do that, I think we'll be great. Like me, when I'm, you know, I work a lot, but even when I'm not working, if somebody I know, uh, like my, uh, I have a homie, his name is Smuggy, he's a comedian. He just had a stand-up show. I was free, bought the tickets, went and supported him, you know what I'm saying? So I think just supporting each other. Whenever I'm free or whenever I feel I can support somebody, I, I go out and do it. So I think that's the main thing. If we do that here, I think we can be big as they will. Yeah, that so, is critical. Yeah. I think Ryan Marquez was making a point of that when he named that uh, album St. Unity. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know him. Have you heard of him? Mm-hmm. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. So I think it's, uh, people are starting to address that whole idea that you know, we need to support each other. 
We got a long way to go, though. Yep, definitely. So hey, all it take all it takes is one though. Yeah. Get everybody in the right direction. Yeah, you might want to look them up, Ryan Marquez. I definitely will. So uh, one of the things that you talked about was all you know we were just talking about is everybody working together. Um, but I know that you are conscious of you know, socially conscious of the lack of representation for minorities in uh, music and film. How do you um, incorporate your concerns in your, in your, in your projects? Good, great question. So that is writing films that address that, you know what I'm saying? Speaking of those topics, you know, creating a film about, uh, like I was thinking about that the other day, trying to write a film about showing how, like the war shows really don't you know represent the, the black people enough. You know what I'm saying? So I always be trying to come up with different ways to show that because you know we need to hold up these films, the music, and everything, and show let the people see just like they did with the civil rights movement. You know, we got to see they got to show them like, look, this is a reflection of this. This is what y'all doing. You know. So I think we need to do that with our art as well. If everybody comes together and do it with our art, I think we can make a change. So I think everybody needs to do that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I, you, when you hit on hit on award shows, you hit, you hit one of my uh, Achilles heels. Um, how do you feel about award shows? I my feeling about award shows is. It's a popularity contest, and it's not. Definitely. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it it doesn't really reflect all of the you know artists and stuff, and and the things that they do, all of the blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, they you always hear about they overlook this little film and they overlook that film, and you know, and you know how do how do you pick this as the best film of the year when you've got you know so many <laughs> different tastes. Facts, yes. Yeah. And look, I feel you on that. I feel the same way. I'm telling you, uh, when I did my horror film, Flock, it was at a film festival. And, you know, even though I love my work, I am a realist. I am an honest person, the first to tell you. I done watched all the other horror films. There was not one film in a film festival better than this film. So even they had an award ceremony after that, and one of the judges came up to me at the award. He's like, oh, man, your film was, it was, it was great. He gave me that old film. Uh, you know, you had the, the, the creative backstories of the characters, and, you know, he gave me that old film look. But, uh, yeah, it was a hard decision between <laughs> this and this other film that was horrible. I'm sitting there like, <laughs> So I just realized, I, I don't get mad about it, like I said. I just realized, like you said, it's a popularity contest. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I said, and I don't do it for the awards. Uh, like I said, I have won awards, though. But um, like I said, I do my films for the people to get it out there. So if it is meant for us to be, if meant for me to win them, it is. But like you said, I strongly believe it's unfair. So can't take it with a grain of salt, you know. Well, I, I know you don't, you know, it's hard to be in an industry and then they have awards shows or they have um, awards that they give out. And then... Um, you don't feel that it was fairly administered, you know. It you don't do things just for awards. It. I'm sorry. I said that's why a lot of people boycott the awards too. Right. Yeah. Uh, you don't do yeah. things just for awards, but it's it's rec it's the recognition. You'd like to get the recognition, and you hate right. the idea that somebody got recognition for something, and they may have yeah. half-assed done it, or they, um, they you know they bought extra popcorn at the theater or whatever the case may be. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, they lobbied for their, their movie to be number one rather than putting it out there and letting the best movie win or, or song or whatever the case may be. That's why we need to take it in our own hands and create our own awards. <laughs> and, and, and listen, I'm telling you, that's what I started doing with my film before, you know, now we having a lot of my films at film festivals, but before people would even pick up the film, I'm like, that's okay. I'm gonna go sell out my own theaters. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't stop. You know, you gotta have that go get an attitude 
and don't let anyone stop you. But yeah, we need to come up. Like who says that these people are the the say the, the hands down? These are the people who get right. to judge who has the best film in the world. You know, get out of here. Years stuff. ago, was it when what's his name? Uh, I'm trying to. I can't even recall his name. Tried to uh, create the Black Oscars. Or what? Uh, yeah. what, 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 what was his name? I forgot. I know you talking yeah. about too. Dang, I can't think. <laughs> I know you talking about that. <laughs> I mean, they, people, they were just so fed up. They said, F it, you know, we're we going to do our own thing, you know, and I wish it had kept up, you know, but it, it didn't work. But I feel you, that's kind of what uh, people were feeling, you know. Yeah, my only concern is, is that, you know, awards shows about creative projects is always going to be, or mostly going to be subjective. I do believe that there is... There are technical things like if I'm looking at a movie and the framing is bad, mm-hmm. it, it uh, impact negatively impacts my impression of the movie. Mm-hmm. If oh, yeah, definitely. yes, right. You know, oh, yeah. there are certain mm-hmm. technical aspects of it that are necessary to enjoy, but sometimes you want the camera off center. You want the action off center because it a part of telling the story. Fact, and so, yeah. Yeah, so so it's like I tell my people too. People, some people I know who make films and they just be doing. I tell people, I'm like, if you go do films, do it right. Don't say this is a club and you can tell you at a house and you try to create a club <laughs> like that. Like you always want your your um, audience member to feel that this is real, this is happening, this was going through. You know, you don't want it to be thrown out. So I always tell people that. Right. Right. All righty, I am. I, I could. I could continue to talk forever. I love, <laughs> but I'm gonna. I'm gonna give the last word to you and uh, to Warren. You said to me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, listen. Yeah. Y'all already know. Look. Do everything that you put your mind to. Don't let nobody tell you that you cannot do anything. Uh, love. Like I tell people, love yourself. Don't let nobody stress your brain. Be in peace. If you are in peace, you can get a lot of things accomplished. Wake up every day and listen to a motivational speech. You know, whatever you put in your mind, the first 15 minutes of the day is very important. It's like exercising. So I listen to motivational speeches all the time. If you want to know why I'm always smiling, laughing, it's because I'm in a happy mood every day. I don't act like I'm in a happy mood. I am in a happy mood every single day. Very peaceful. Uh, you can find me on all of your social media platforms. It's G Soldier. It got a U in it, like your soul. So it's G S O U L D I E R. Lacey G Soldier. Turn on Facebook. And I just stay tuned. Stay tapped in with me. I always, I always got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff, you know. Shout out to everybody. My girl, my family, my friends. Uh, my podcast, I do a podcast every Monday night. It's called Uncensored Conversation, 7 p.m. Uh, Central Time. So make sure y'all tap into that. We talk about everything, relationship topic. Have, we have heavy debates. It's all personalities. We get a, a lot of arguments, but we love each other. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I did hop on one uh, a while back, and I was like, man, this is kind of wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, man, we get wild. It's all different personalities. It's not everywhere, <laughs> So I got uh, two singles dropping. One of them is called uh, Broken Record. One of them is called Beautiful Day. Uh, Both of them are powerful records, so stay tuned to that. And, man, I just love God. I want to say more than anything, put God in everything you do, and he will will always help you out. You know what I'm saying? So thanks to everybody who support me. I love you all. Thank you, Warren. Yeah. Hey. I Just really appreciate, say, you coming appreciate you coming out. Appreciate you coming out, spending an hour with us, well, man. Thank both of y'all. Thank you. You know, come back in the future. Definitely. All right, keep in touch. All right, man. I'll see y'all later. Peace out. City Jazz Sessions is brought to you by St. Louis City Jazz, a 501c3 company dedicated to music education and appreciation. The CEO is Magic Man 50. And for more ways to connect with City Jazz Sessions, visit citijazzsessions.wixsite.com slash St. Louis.
The City Jazz Sessions team includes host, content director, and guest coordinator, jazz great Ronnie Barrage. Follow Ronnie at RonnieBarrage.biz. Host, website designer, graphic artist, content director, and guest coordinator, singing sensation Leica. Discover more about Leica at LeicaMusic.com. Additional production services are provided by Lion's Den Productions. Go to thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe for more great content.